Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 52. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. Well, I'm freshly back from vacation. I was in Portland. I'd never been there, actually, to everyone's surprise. <laughs> but um, I have to say, everyone was so nice there. Like, noticeably nice. Um, especially in comparison to people here. Um, at first I was like really suspicious of it, but eventually it broke me down and I was actually saying hi to strangers instead of my usual attempt to avoid all eye contact. And I wonder if, you know, it's, is it always so happy there or just like where I was or like, was it in light of maybe like the current state of things in the U S and people are just like banding together there were um, like signs on almost every lawn, like Black Lives Matter, Love is Love, even like I Believe in Science signs. So, you know, it made me wonder if like, are there even any people who dare to be conservative there? Like it didn't seem like it, though. I'm sure that can't be true. Anyway, I'm excited to get back into things and uh, be home amongst all you cranky people. (laughs) We're um, actually gearing up for our next disposable camera project. We've given disposable cameras to local artists and they had to hand them back to us to develop and choose which images to exhibit. So it's all very exciting. Um, Participating artists are people you already know and like, like Ben Skinner, Cole Nowicki, Alex and Monica Weber, Kyla Sue Gallagher, Flory Huang, Rich Moore, Rachel Sampson, and Steve Kim. Come check it out September 22nd at the Remington Gallery at 7 p.m. For more info, visit sadmag.ca slash events. And if you have an arts event you'd like to add to our calendar, email all the details of your event and an image to webeditor at sadmag.ca. Now, on to our guest for today. You might know her from her book, We Oughta Know, of which there is an excerpt in the cheese issue all about Miss Celine Dion. Or you may know her from co-hosting Pop This Podcast, which, by the way, is hitting 100 episodes on October 4th. Whew, can't imagine getting to 100 episodes, so congrats to you guys. Um, And if you still don't know who I'm talking about, you're about to. Here's my chat with music critic, author, and podcaster, Andrea Warner. Speaking of podcasts. Yeah. Are po- there rules for this? Like There's no all? rules. No. Oh, okay. Are we, oh, we're recording Be free. Now. We're recording. All right, cool. Am I, I allowed to swear on it? Because yeah. about this, I'm not allowed to swear. Why? We don't want the explicit tag. We want to be as like accessible as possible. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like anyone is listening anyway. So, well, maybe they are. I don't know. Perfect. Well, this, uh, this, yeah, this, you know what? That's a nice way to ease your guests into thinking this is definitely going to be uh, something for posterity. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know, I don't know. I'm still learning. I, I put the explicit on when I remember. Yeah. But I definitely swear every time. So. Yeah. 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 I can't help myself. It's been very strange for me to learn to, because I, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm a champion swearer. Oh, yeah. And uh, because I have to do, like, the live radio a little bit um, every week, I've really had it drilled into my brain you that can't. I need yeah. to not swear yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, you know, it's a... It's, it's a good a, habit to get into, I'm like, sure. But it's weird, though, because then I default into my, like, non-professional mode and um, it's, you know, You're saying just, gosh darn it. Or what do you say? No, oh, no, I'm not one of those. I, I will. I will like, I think like, I think that I just really enjoy finding alternatives to the classics. I mean, I love yeah. a good like fuck. Yeah. Like fuck is the best swear word, I think. Oh, Absolutely. That K. Yeah, the K and just like, it just, it feels good. And you could really draw it out like fuck. Yes. If you want. Absolutely. Or or just like really just like give into the succinct quality of it. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> you know, it's just so good. It's so good. And but I also really um I think uh not no one in my family is really ever religious per se. Um 
but my grandfather particularly had uh, just a way of saying like Jesus Christ, <laughs> and it's still my favorite to this day. Like I know that it's not not only a swear by any means, but hey, like you don't know. I, I when I said jeez to like I remember I was like in grade like seven to like my neighbor's mom. Yeah, I said jeez, and she's like watch your language and I was like what I was like I don't even know what I said what not 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 even not no didn't compute until like way later and I was like oh Oh, I get it now Jesus yeah got it yeah 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 no I love I I love a good swear word when I was a kid I called them square words oh when I was like in kindergarten I have a like distinct memory saying I know all the square words (laughs) adorable Adorable. That is adorable. That is adorable. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't. Yeah. Well, you might have. Like, I don't know. Maybe I you probably, grew up on George Carlin. You I know. think I knew I don't know your... shit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that's probably it. In kindergarten? Maybe. I feel like in kindergarten, I kind of had already probably heard them all. Like, I think being born in 1979, uh, I have a lot of distinct recollections. Of, and, both, and both of my parents were really young. My mom was 18 when she had me. Oh. And my dad was 21. Wow. Yeah. So they were very young. So they were still, like, all of their friends. This sounds sad. And it is sad. But, like, a lot of their friends, like, you know, that, like, late 70s, early 80s sort of mentality of, like, um, just drugs and alcohol and stuff like that? Excess. Excess, <laughs> yes. as, you, as it were. Like, a lot of their friends that they had at that time are dead. Yeah, Whoa. I know. Whoa. Right? I didn't, dark it took turn. a dark turn. Dark turn, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that is sad, obviously. But, yeah. like, not that my parents were into that. Um but I, we were just, we were flipping through like this um, old family photo album, my sister and I, uh, God, maybe last year or something. And, um, and again, cause we did not grow up around parents that did any drugs. Like mm-hmm. it was just completely unfathomable to us. Um, like those people that you hear about now that are like, oh yeah, my parents smoke pot all the time. Like, I'm like, what, how yeah, is that even? Yeah, you know, how? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, but like. So we're looking through this family photo album, and my sister is like, um, wait a minute. Who are those two strangers sitting behind, it was me, um, who are those two strangers sitting behind Anne, and why is there a small pile of cocaine on the table? What? Visibly. So I'm a year old baby, and there's apparently a pile of cocaine on the table behind me in this, like, family photo album. What are they, rock stars? Who does that? I don't know. I have no clue. But I, (laughs) and I don't even know what kind of crowd they were running with. Like, I mean. That's weird. It's, yeah, so weird. And it's so funny. And my mom immediately was like, oh, those were friends of your father's. And I was like, "Uh Uh uh-huh. And Uh did you, like, panic a little when you saw it? Me? No, I thought it was hilarious. I was like... How old are you? I, I'm 38. Oh, oh, like you recently saw this. Oh, I only recently saw okay. it. Okay. No, no. And we've looked at this family photo album okay. a lot. Okay. We've never noticed the cocaine. That's so funny. Nobody had ever noticed the cocaine. Because I remember when I was like, mm, I don't know, like 10 or so, yeah. I found my mom's like old yearbook and someone wrote some like stupid like limerick about like smoking up yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like... <gasps> Scandalized. I was scandalized. I was like, mom does drugs? <laughs> what? Like, I was like so scandalized. And now it's just like ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think like I had any of those scandalized moments because, again, my parents were so young when they had us, like me. And my sister was born 13 months later. So, Whoa. Oh, I know, Almost right? Almost Irish twins. Very close. <laughs> it's so <laughs> close. It's so ridiculous. I've never heard that expression before. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, that gonna, is the thing. I'm going to, I've never heard it. That's great. I'm going to Ireland in like three weeks. Oh. So this will be know. really exciting. Yeah. I can just go around the country. And, <laughs> but my mom does come from an Irish family. So all of this checks out. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly always thought like, I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but I was like, cause I always thought that, you know, if your parents are 18 when they have you, especially like your mom and your, you know, they're 18 and 21. You assume you're a mistake, right? Yeah. Like, you assume your parents were just dumb and didn't know about condoms. Sure. But cool. were you not? Apparently, I was not. That's I surprising. Right? So, like, I had grown up genuinely, like, like literally, my mom is eight months pregnant in their wedding photo. She looks like a child wow. bride of a cult leader, even though my dad was very handsome and lovely, but he has, like, he has a, a beard and, like, yeah. large hair. 
Yeah. Um, and so he looks, yeah, so <laughs> she really does look like a child bride. Anyway, she's Ava Tartan. She's super round. She's wearing this, like, navy jumper. Um, Great. It's not. Good it's style choice. Such a good style choice. Um, uh, my dad has, like, platform, like, leather loafers, which I inherited Love that. Um, later Love in that. life. And I had just completely assumed, of course, I am, like, some sort of, you know, yeah. backseat, whatever. Yeah. No. Are you sure they're not lying to you? I... I don't know why they'd bother lying at this point. I know. Um, like, my my mom told me, apparently, like, and this was, again, within the last couple of years. And it's not like I just re-met my mom for the first time. Like, we've talked. Um, but just to be clear. But she was like, yeah, no, I always planned to have two kids before I was 20. And I swear to God, oh. my sister and I looked at each other and we were like, one, are you insane? Because you, like, I love you, but you weren't that good at the whole motherhood thing. It's like, crazy. It was really much later in life that she became very good with her dogs. <laughs> and, and like I just I just was I was just flummoxed. imagine now having an 18 year old child I cannot it's insane there is a solid reason why I was always adamant to my friends about sex education like I really grew up taking it upon myself to talk to my friends all the time about protecting <laughs> like protected sex because I thought <laughs> I genuinely believed that I, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a glorious mistake, but a mistake nonetheless. <laughs> but not. Apparently not. It's re- really realigned my whole brain about my relationship wow, to like sex. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Anyway, I don't even know why I told you that. But no, but it's fascinating. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I know. No, I must not be a mistake just because my I'm the second. Okay, and yeah. it was I'm me and my brother are only a year and a half apart. Oh, so hey, fellow. very close yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's why I know that term. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> but no, I think it was just like no, we want a girl because that's what you do. That's what you do. One of each. <laughs> the dream. The yeah. one of each dream. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, are you um, on the baby train? Oh no, 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 never. No, I don't think so. Like we're my husband and I have been together. It'll be 11 years in October. Wow. I know, right? That's, like, what is the secret? (laughs) (laughs) The secret is you don't get involved um, seriously until you're in your mid to late 20s Mm. when you already sort of... Yeah, when you already sort of know yourself, like, well enough that you can um, grow with someone as opposed to against them. Yeah. I think that's a really... That's been an important quality. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we'll be together 11 years in October and then and married eight think in October as well um I'm not as good with dates yeah. as he is it's a long time yeah neither way <laughs> Carlos great guy um but uh we've we thought maybe 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 we would like want a kid at some point and then we decided yeah okay like it would be okay if it happened but we're not going to do anything special to make it happen right okay Cool. Yeah. And so that was our approach. And it has been our approach for like the last few years. Yeah. And the longer it doesn't happen, I think the happier we are. Hey, <laughs> well, then it all's working out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's fine. If it did happen, fine. But yeah. we're not like, we're not Easy breezy. so desperate to be parents that yeah. I have adoption papers or anything. Right. Or, yeah. That's just right. not, again, I, we can't. We can't even commit to a pet uh, <laughs> in terms of being home a lot. So I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. So I think I saw that you had like a recent episode of Papa's about like pregnancy. Yeah. Our but friend I, Jackie Wong was on it. I didn't hear it, but I do want to talk about celebrity pregnancy with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Beyonce, these twins. Yeah. What are your thoughts on these names? <laughs> Like, sir, are you kidding me? Sir, I find super interesting. And I've read a lot of sort of um, uh, specifically like um, black writers and black pop culture experts and um, uh, sort of the 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 amazing, um, possibly the amazing sort of like thought process behind Jay-Z and Beyonce naming their young black son sir 
so that this kid has to be called Sir Carter the Got rest it. of his life. Got it. As like okay. a radical act of... I hadn't thought about it for literally more than a minute. So. Well, so, you know, like I've read a lot of thinking about this because I'm, I'm fascinated particularly, um, particularly when like with children's names because sometimes they don't seem to make a lot of sense. And you're just like, I'm, I'm a little more confused about Rumi, actually, hmm. um, even though a great poet, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the sort of thinker and whatnot. Um, I, I'm really fascinated by that. Uh, and the marked difference, like, sort of, at least they've identified, like, they have decided, like, these kids are, like, gender, like, they have assigned their gender at this age. This is a girl, and she's named Rumi. This is a boy, and he is named Sir. Obviously, gender being, I think, uh, absolutely more of a chosen mm-hmm. uh, and a social a social construct as opposed to like something that you were born with. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows which way that'll all go? Right. But I'm really fascinated by the sort of at this point, like the gender implications of naming the little girl after um, a a sort of poet of like great sort of romantic and spiritual, mm-hmm. and then Sir as this. Um, very uh sort of like it's specific it's very specific and it sort of it sort of um approaches like that's that sort of hierarchical thinking mm. of um there being you know just the way that our world works is that there is this sort of like um classification of like you know sir is an honorific of mm-hmm. some kind mm-hmm. so um i'm super interested in that as well and like how will their relationship be as brother and sister with that i would assume no different than like you know you've got like pat and and matt um or whatever like kids don't care yeah i think kids don't yeah care. like i think it doesn't have the baggage for them no for sure yeah. i don't think i don't think it has the baggage and i think it's also like i mean kids growing up like they're not necessarily going to be kids growing up in a scarcity model Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> so i think that they're probably like those aspects of um just you know who got the cooler name it might not come up yeah. they're also growing up around a bunch of kids that probably are going to be like kind of among the um unusually named elite how do you make your kid like not be an asshole when you're them you know like how well i mean I think it's possible. Like, I do think it's possible because there are so many kids that grow up poor that turn out to be assholes. I mean, there's not like I, it's really, I don't know about, I don't know how much it really like goes into the economics of it all, but I'm guessing it goes into sort of not, not just hoping that your kids grow up with like values and like good cultural values and good like um, family values and people being sort of, you know, but even if you try to do that as them, you're still, probably around a bunch of sycophants like oh for sure like and that's not like reality so no, but they're never gonna grow up outside of yeah. that like there's no it's not yeah. possible for them to grow up outside of that yeah and like even if you think about like the way that beyonce was raised like her dad that's a that, that was a messed up controlling yeah. unfortunate yeah. relationship for yeah. a really long like, time like if you wonder how someone becomes beyonce it's not like an accident no it's, it's that parent <laughs> that is like drilling certain sort of values and work ethics into your brain i've always found it super fascinating though and i think that this i mean i think about it also um just being able to leave an abusive relationship particularly when it's one that is uh you know your parent yeah um, cause I, I mean, I don't know if he was ever physically abusive. I'm talking about sort of like the psychologically abusive, yeah. the control, um, the, all of those different things. I think that it's so amazing to me when people can walk away from those situations. Cause I think it would take so much hard work Yeah, and it takes, and there's so much fear yeah. and, but then you, when you decide to like make that break and also the way in which she, um, the way in which her and Solange are sisters is really mm-hmm. kind of, it seems to me, like a little bit beautiful. Mm-hmm. When I watched Solange beat up Jay-Z oh, in so the good. elevator. So great. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not cool with violence, but I was like, oh my God, I have to say, like, if, like, I, I might, like, if, if my, if I was finding out that my sister's husband was... I, there would be a hashtag, like, pray for Brian. Like, it was yeah. just, you know, yeah. that's, like, for sure. Yeah. And so... Um, so I'm pleased, like, seeing how the women in the, uh, the Knowles family has sort of, have sort of, like, banded together. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and again, that often happens when there's, like, one really 
unfortunate controlling figure. Mm. In this case, it's, like, the father, it seems. Yeah. But, like, they're really protective of their mom. And I think, I don't know, like, I see that, like, those kinds of things, I hope, you see replicated in, like, how you raise kids. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But then, okay, not to just keep talking about them, <laughs> but just, like, don't you wonder, like, because you kind of, they say you, like, marry or, like, date, like, your, your father, pa- your parents. Oh, for sure. Like, either or one. Your, yeah, father or you, mother. The one you're trying to fix the, like, mistake. Yes. With. Or have a second chance with. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like, is Jay-Z kind of like her dad? I think we saw that in Lemonade for sure. Yeah. That he definitely has um, those qualities. And I think that's actually why in one of the songs, um, if I'm recalling correctly, um, Beyonce, oh, Daddy Issues. She, oh. she sings about it. Like, she literally yeah. sings about it. And mm-hmm. and she reconcil- she recognizes that and she sort of tries to reconcile that, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's half the battle, honestly. Identifying the fact that you, like, have yes, sort of exactly. swerved into this uh, weird void or this pattern of repetition. Mm. Um, so that's, I don't know. I, I know that I sound like I'm just, like, the biggest um, fan. And I think maybe I'm just, like, I'm just really, uh, I do feel very very much um uh in oh appreciation and i i am a bit of the sick event but i also try really hard to like think critically about what her position is and how she sort of conducts herself and mm-hmm. and models like behaviors for other uh, particularly young women yeah and it's fascinating to me yeah like i think she's done a lot of things like really publicly and i know a lot of people think it's just oh well they have their like you know, it's it's this performance art that they are mm. acting out their marriage in front of us. Right. And especially with Jay-Z's, like, sort of response album yeah. a year after Lemonade. Yeah, it's a and little too... Hmm. Sure. But, yeah. like, this is the way artistic couples have, like, especially married artists. They have couples, beef in public? <laughs> they beef in public. Like, if you think about, like, the like Wainwrights. story. Oh, my God. The Wainwrights forever. Like, Sonny and yeah, Cher. Like, it's true. Wainwrights and McGarrigals, I should say. Um, like, Sonny and Cher. Like, all of these different... I think there's, like, a really big stress on marriages, of course, when you are, like, both artists and your work sort of informs each other a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't... I don't ever come down on them for doing that in front of us yeah if anything i kind of am like yes more 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 More. i am like the sick voyeur into their popcorn eating i really yeah i remember watching lemonade it was like this event viewing that i can't honestly think of another album in the last 15 years or maybe ever that i've watched in this way that has unfolded as this like amazing piece of uh, sort of immediate sort of the fusion of art and academia together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the statement piece that's yeah. so incredible. And um, I remember watching it and just being floored and just like, just constantly picking my jaw back up to be able to just say, what the fuck? This is amazing. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Just How when you think it's happening? like not going to get better, it gets better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then like the sort of like, again, that, that public contrition where she, you know, everyone's doing this speculation of like, oh, is this is this her leaving him? Is this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, no, she's literally acted out. She's made him come into this narrative yeah. to indicate his mea culpa publicly in yeah. black and white, uh, beautiful sort of like film. It's just genius. <laughs> oh, my God. It's amazing. So genius. <laughs> oh, my God. On the flip side of genius. Yes. Um. Taylor Swift. <laughs> can we talk that about... That is the flip side of genius, isn't it? Can yeah. we talk about this most recent uh, yeah. bomb? This yeah. This terrible, terrible song yeah. and video. That's like... Okay, so I haven't watched the video yet. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know I should prepare on that. No, one. no, no. Um, I've only seen clips myself. Okay, cool. I did listen to the song and I did watch the lyric video. Um, and... Um, <laughs> Okay, one, can we, first, the cover art for the record. Oh, my God. As a graphic designer, I'm, like, offended. It's a, it's, it is it's offensive. truly offensive, it's right? It's very like, offensive. It's really, and... and she I, should know better. Like, she should know better. On. I also feel like it's, um, it is weird. Like, I think that we're going to, very soon, within the next week or so, find old album art from, like, 
Maybe. Ashley Simpson? No, I'm thinking like <laughs> maybe even like 80s hip hop acts or something that like looks like that cover. Uh-huh. And it's going to be even more appropriative than we already know <sighs> the like the the sort of. Now I want to find it. Video. I specifically. Feel, I feel like I've seen this kind of like. We've all seen yeah, it. It's, it's just just blech. It's not good. Um, so I, yeah. Okay. The song. The song. Um, I think. So my only response, the only, the only commentary that I, 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 I'm in the middle of like writing a book right now. It's crunch time. Mm-hmm. So tonight I have to go home and finish stuff. So you don't really want to talk about Taylor Swift? No, 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 no. I do. I do. But like, this is like, I watched it and I was like, oh, I have feelings. I don't have time for my feelings. So I'm actually really glad we're going to talk about it. Um, but like, I was thinking like the, um, look what you made me do. Is that the, yeah. look what you made me do is. It is a it is a phrase that makes alarm bells ring in my head so hard. It's like you make yourself do it is whatever. so so like just blame blame blame. Mm-hmm. It's and I under and maybe maybe if this is like a satirical song, then maybe there's going to be something sort of like oddly redemptive about the track listing at some point where we're all going to be like it's okay, gonna make more sense neat we'll um, see maybe november 10th kanye's I, mother's death that, day that feels weird. like a, it feels like a weird coincidence it it would be you don't think it was <laughs> i don't know it would no. be weird i think like um it is a weird choice it's a weird choice but it's if not it's a choice yeah i don't I mean, all of that's very deliberate. It's all very deliberate. It's all very planned out. I can't imagine that. Um, <laughs> I, maybe I'm giving her too much credit, <laughs> but it's like that. Just seems like next level weird, petty. Like that she has like a whole room dedicated to Kanye in her house. <laughs> you know, like just like where she's pictures like with the eyes scratched. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And like, I just don't see that as being sort of her next level petty. Like her next level petty just seems so much more innocuous and Well, she of, wouldn't even really be specific in the song. So that's the it's thing. Like, like she's if she's gonna just be yeah, I don't so probably I don't coincidence. think that, I think that's just a coincidence. Okay. I don't think it's a All right. thing. Anyway, um so yeah, but like yeah, that phrase though it just really freaks me out again. Like with a sort of weird abusive tendencies, I think that that um, look what you made me do is just like <sighs> yeah, it's not a good phrase. It's not a good phrase. Um, but I think also like uh, within the song itself, I think that there's like forty five seconds that are not bad. Do you? Yes. Okay, ma'am. Maybe I need to re-listen. No, no, no. Like the like, right side, Fred. If you edit, part? <laughs> no, no. That's the thing. Like, so most of the song is terrible. Yeah. I hate it. It's, it's hardly so a song, I would say. Well, that's the thing. It's like all of that sort of like, um, you know, everyone said that like Taylor's gonna attempt rapping at some point. <laughs> this, is, this is her gateway track, you know. Like now you gotta she, walk she, it back, Taylor. This she, is well, not. she tried it in that terrible song, "Shake It Off." Shake it off, yeah. So she tried that sort of like small, like yeah. Um, I don't know. I, at best, you could call it like a spoken word cheerleading. Yeah, that part middle. of that song was the worst part it's of that song. The, it's the video is actually I find the worst part of that song. But anyway, yeah, the whole thing not great. Plus, I would like her to stop perming her hair. It's not a good look. And it just, it looks so like mall Taylor Swift circa, uh, like, you know, true. when she was 14. Because, um, like, I mean, but, you know, she's just, she's one of those weird people who's just like her own worst enemy. And, like, I watched Election the other day for. Um, oh, love it. Yes. And we, and so we, we recorded an episode about it for Pop This. And, uh, you know, you can feel a lot the of. The Tracy Flick in her? Yeah, oh hell's yeah, kind of. hell's yeah. Like, yeah, I could at, see that. But like minus sort of some of the, um, I don't know, just like minus some of the sort of savviness. Like mm. I, I think she is savvy. I think she's incredibly bright. I think she's, she's, she's astute. She knows what she's doing. Um, but like she just always kicks herself every single time. She just gets mired in the nonsense. She does. Yeah. And like, l- like, take your own advice and shake it off, Taylor. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, I don't think she's going to do that. I would be interested in whether they're going to um, 
based on like how bad that cover art is if they're like oh, gonna redo was... it because yeah. it hasn't come out actually well that's the thing like if it's just like yeah. they're gonna be like oh these are like a series of cover arts that we're gonna release like if they're smart they're putting it together a few different looks right now they should it's yeah like, it's really bad it's but how does that get through that's what's so scary about like again like being famous and like you saying, oh, I think I like it. And I was like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone like hates it. Oh, and yeah. No one's telling you. I have seen it happen to yeah. musicians before. Um, I've had like weird conversations where, <laughs> where like someone will say to me, hey, you're, you're close with this person. What do you think of this? And I'm like, nope, nope. You get to tell this person <laughs> yeah. yourself. It yeah. is not, not, not coming me. from me. No. no, but I mean, I love it when people tell me. You have to do it constructively. Yeah, like you can't just sort of come and shit on something. I think yeah. when you're when you're, and that's in any situation. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't serve anyone well to just be like, this is garbage and you are a waste of time. Like yeah. and that's not that's not useful. Yeah. Um. But I really I don't know. I really appreciate someone giving me feedback and challenging me on things and making I just want to make my work good yeah you know yeah and so I I don't I mean but I don't I have heard from many people and I have seen it in practice a little bit here and there that the um fragility of sort of like those real like artist egos like be it actors or musicians Mm -hmm. um not all of them can take that kind of feedback. For sure. And and I'm I believe that. That's yeah. I've seen it I think go down. Um but you have to I think like I mean if you have a fan club with 30 million people that belongs to it, you need someone, you need to hire someone to just like check yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's a really smart job. I yeah. I wish that there were some like sort of non-evil, non like sort of super capitalist assholes that would start up a check yourself yeah like yeah like sort of entrepreneurial you should start this i would love to i've got a few other things right now but i mean maybe like a few years from now (laughs) like when my brain is uh i just want to criticize people all the time right yeah but then isn't okay isn't that kind of the job of like an editor do you do like editing Ever? Yeah. Oh, no, I do. I do. Yeah. And that should be the job of the editor. But I mean, when you're looking at like musicians or, or and, and I mean, ideally, actors have directors who are telling them like, this is shit or this is not great or you could do this better. Yeah. Um, I think of it like in terms of the way that people can edit you. Like, so when I, so the difference between like, say, um, an editor, <laughs> I've had editors just be like, this is earlier. I haven't worked with these people again since it happened. But um, I remember one of my first like freelance assignments, the totally sort of new to me publication. The assignment was so weird and outside my wheelhouse and it wasn't at all what I thought it would be. And I filed this piece and um, the editor sent it back saying, well, I'm disappointed that it's so reductive. And <gasps> um, basically... She called it reductive and useless. What? Yeah, it was That's so the, rude. It was the meanest feedback I've ever had in my life. Um, That's fucked. It was super fucked. And I was just starting out, and I remember crying, and then like fixing it or trying to fix it, and then and then and then also like fighting back a little bit because I was like, you know what? You don't get to call me like reductive and like you know you can yeah. you can provide feedback but you don't get to do this you don't get to like yeah. sort of um, I don't know I feel like it just really like attack so mean. your uh, and whole like an editor process. you would assume is a writer as well and should know not better. always that's the thing <sighs> not all editors are writers really? and not all writers are editors oh. in the same way that like i mean i'm an okay editor but i'm not a great editor okay like i i don't think that that's i, I think a really great editor sometimes it actually works in your favor if they're not necessarily um themselves great writers but they love great writing hmm. and they see it as their job to make your writing better hmm. because I have also been in a situation where I have been aggressively edited by someone who is not a very good writer 
and they just feel that they need to deserve their title uh, so they change a right. lot of your stuff yeah. you know that's not good either like that's yeah. that's just i would almost rather not be edited at that point uh, however there are other situations where like if you're if you have the good fortune at some point to be edited by jackie wong um i mean you know granted she's my friend but the way that she phrases something is so beautiful like she will say i invite you to rethink this because this is how it's sanding and i don't think that that's your intention mm -hmm. And just that, that phrase, I invite you to rethink this. It makes it such a collaborative... And, like, easy to take the advice. And it's so easy. Yeah. And you can, you, you know, every every piece of advice that you're giving as an editor, you can't think of it as instruction. You have to think of it as an invitation because that is going to be what makes the writing better. Mm -hmm. Now, as a writer, you can't be so precious. Like, I am never so precious that I will fight back on like someone's like well this piece um you know was supposed to be uh, a thousand words and you have a thousand and two i will never be like those two words can never be cut <laughs> and i have heard from people that they have worked with writers who've been like fought them like on cutting two words because Come they're on. so yes like and these are like professional editors working with professional it's writers baby. in it's just like it's, baby. it's so stupid and it's so dumb and I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who would be like, no, that's like their art and that's like a limb and that's a finger, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think you can be that precious all the time because it's a lie if yeah. you think that you can't get better. Yeah. Everyone can get kill better. Kill your darlings. You that's have to thing. kill your darlings. You have to. Yeah. And if you love it so much, copy and paste and create a file mm -hmm. of like lost opportunities yeah and then use that file to fill out a different essay or a different piece sometime mm -hmm. down the road everything is content absolutely <laughs> absolutely god the word content That's, uh, isn't that the loaded. word that you wish would die like you just know on I, so many levels <laughs> so many people really have like a visceral reaction to that word i don't have it i think i said it partially there to be antagonistic <laughs> But like, I don't really have that, that feeling. I mean, we use it so much in, at my work yeah. because everything is content, like video, everything yeah, is yeah. just shit you give. That, but that's why, that's why people like me hate the word Hate it because it's so vague? Well, no, because it's, because you used it as shit you give. Like, yep, that's what content comes down to. Like, like language matters. And when we... The, 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 the relationship, even if it's not right, the relationship that people hear when they hear more content, they're like, yep, that's some more shit. That's all. Yeah. Like, this is... This, fill, and, fill the void. Feed the monster, the internet monster. People need more shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, oh, it's so... Uh, I know. I mean, it's like, whatever. It's... I it's am, kind of gross. It's, it's true. It's kind of gross. I, I'm, I, I am kind of gross. I can, like, <laughs> acknowledge that I am currently... A pretty privileged person in that like I get paid to write things that I care about it's a dying breed I understand that yeah um I, hello kitty um, <laughs> and I mean it's I'm I'm going to try to I don't know just like deserve that for as long as I can mm -hmm. not that it's ever a matter of like really deserving things that you get sometimes sometimes it's luck sometimes it doesn't it's, work that way it doesn't always work Sadly. that way it doesn't always work that way but I would like to like at least continue to try and put out the best work I can possibly put out so that I don't feel like I'm just like taking up valuable real estate mm -hmm. and I do try really hard to like give like especially like younger um, emerging writers and people of color and like just voices that are different than mine. I try to, I try to give like opportunities like where mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I think that's pretty important. I've been pretty lucky and people have given me chances and so I good. Do the same. You're writing a new book right now. I am. As you, you I literally, I literally am sending eight chapters tonight. The, Woo! And then I've got four more that I have to write this week. And then, the whole first draft will be in done. a week. It seems so fast. Four chapters in a week. So I just hit the sixty-six thousand mark last night. Okay. And I have another twelve thousand to go this week, okay. roughly. Okay. Um. Well, congrats. That's a lot. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I. It's. It has felt very overwhelming. I have the rest of the fall to sort of do edits, but I have to go back and forth with the edits. So the book that I'm I'm writing is um an author. It's. I have to be very careful. 
it is authorized. It is an authorized biography of Buffy St. Marie. Uh-huh. So she's working on it with me. It is not unauthorized. People always think I say unauthorized, and then they're like, why are you doing that, you Un- monster? Authorized. No, it is an authorized biography yeah. of Buffy St. Marie. Yeah. Um, so we've been working on that together since January. Cool. And yeah, it's been really cool. She's amazing. Um, she's just like, I don't know. I, I know some people don't really know who she is. Um, and that breaks my heart a little bit. But at the same time, it's the reason that I wanted to write the biography. So yeah. um, hopefully like everyone can, she's, if, if people don't know, uh, she is, an indigenous uh, singer-songwriter, um, actually uh, born in Saskatchewan. Uh, she's Cree, and she was adopted out of the Piapot Reserve in Saskatchewan when she was just a baby, raised in Massachusetts, um, and is, became like one of the most important uh, folk singers of the 60s and wrote Universal Soldier, and Now That the Buffalo's Gone, and... Um, uh, bury my heart at wounded knee later on and just a bunch of songs how um, old is she she is 76 she, she is so spry awesome. she puts me to shame <laughs> so i have been on tour with her mini tours like um two mini tours this year and um she's still she's, touring oh yeah crazy she puts on a hell of a show um awesome. this is like it's the most dynamic like i mean i saw leonard cohen um, towards the end of his life, uh, like seven, maybe five years ago, six years ago. Um, and he put on a pretty great show too, but even, and they were about, like he was about 76 at the time. Um, and like it, the, the difference in their health is extraordinary. She is so healthy. Wow. So healthy. Like she just is, uh, yeah. Skin like a baby's butt. Like just like she's going to go for another 10 years. I, I hope At least. she goes for like another 20. I don't know if she'll tour as much as she yeah, has yeah, been, yeah. but she's been touring a lot. So, oh, and then she won the Polaris Prize a couple of years ago. Amazing. Here in Canada for um, the 2015 record, Power in the Blood. Wow. So uh, you're touring with her, but like, how are you, how is like writing the book? Like, how does that work? Do you like call her? Or? Yeah. So, yeah. well, we did the two little tours that we did. It was just like three dates for each tour. So um, I flew to New York in February. And I, we, um, it was a show, Lincoln Center, Woodstock, and Providence. And I got to hang out in the van and so like cool. do my almost famous thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a very low key. Like it's like she is, she is a legend, but she is low key. Like we were in a like 10 passenger touring van kind of thing. Um, and so we started talking in January um, we just had like weekly, like I would call her through Skype and we would talk for two hours at a time, awesome. twice a week. Uh, we did that. We've done about, I would say like 50 hours of interviewing at this wow. point. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty lucky. I'm pretty lucky. I mean, other people who have written, um, authorized biographies as well, like some of them only get like 10 or 12 or 30 hours or whatever. I've, I've had pretty unlimited access. That's she's cool. been, she's been super great. She's, um. And she's just so fun and nice, and we she loves kitties, too. <laughs> and we just really, I think, just really enjoy talking to each other. And she's a, it turns out she's a big fan of my first book. Oh, um, well, which your first is book so- is great. <laughs> we ought to know. And there's an excerpt yes. from it in the latest Sandbag. It's true. It's Read totally all about true. it. Celine. Totally yep. P.S. Celine was my first concert. <gasps> was she? Oh, my yeah. God. That's yeah. so amazing. That's so amazing. I bought a t-shirt. Do you still have it? No. Oh. And I wish I did. It was like a baby tee when like baby yeah, yeah. tees were a thing. Well, and she used to wear them all the time. Yeah. It was yeah. like a pink baby tee and it said Celine yep. on it. Oh, it was like the 1997 or 2000. I don't know. I can't. I don't know how old you are, but it might have been 97 because you yeah. had like the Celine yep. like logo. Yep. Believe that's when it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then my second concert. Yeah. Alanis Morissette. What? I was oh on God. a real roll. You really were. Yeah. Like, wow. I know. Wow. I did it. That's amazing. But I never saw Shania or uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Because, so. you know, Sarah really seems like the most accessible of the four to like have seen in concert. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't. I don't know. I'm a weird one. At some point. I didn't. But yeah, I assume you've seen them all. No. You haven't? No. So I have never seen Shania or Celine in concert. 
Oh. I know. I kind of want to see both of them in Vegas. Yeah, um, you got to go there. But, like, for sure, Shania's here um, in May next year, okay. and there's, like, a bunch of us that are going to go. Yeah. Like, you um, got to. Yeah. Um, and Selena really would enjoy seeing her, I think. I think it would be kind of extraordinary. So. It was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I know. It's cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. Yeah. You know, the weird... So, I know I had... I Going into the book, I... I thought I had only seen Sarah, which is crazy. Um, but after I wrote the book, like after I wrote the book, after it was out, done a bunch of interviews, I was going through like a, I don't know, a, like a box of like an old scrapbook or something from like when I was in grade 11 or 12. And not like a conventional scrapbook, like I wasn't going on scrapbooking weekends. But like, <laughs> you know, you just like yeah. put a bunch of stuff. That's what a, you did then. Yeah. Before Instagram. Before Instagram. The physical just, Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or your Pinterest board yeah. or whatever. Um, I found a concert ticket for me seeing Alanis Morissette. You, in, you forgot? In 1996 on her Jagged Little Pill tour. That's the one I went to. So I was there here what in Vancouver shit. and I totally have so little memory of it. That's so crazy. You it's were crazy. there. I was obsessed with her and that album. And I loved it remember. so much. That's so crazy. But I have such a terrible memory. So like Ugh. even the whole thing of like writing that first book because it's like a little bit memoir. Oh my God. I had to like turn to my grandmother at one point and be like, so do you know about this, this, and this about me? I had to like survey my sister and just be like, do you remember? Hilarious. Yeah. I have like a terrible memory. So well, you pieced it together. It worked. It out. worked out fine. It's <laughs> fine. I just, it was just, I just, I'm never. It's not great, you know. And like my, when I literally can't remember that I saw Alanis Morissette. Well, you've written it now. It's I'm, there. Yeah, it's you there. just go back and read it now. But it's so silly because like the book doesn't mention the fact that I went to. That's the true because you forgot. Because <laughs> I forgot. I didn't. Yeah. Think, yeah anyway. Uh, okay. Super Speaking dumb. of now, before we go, I need to know since you are a music critic. Yeah. And you have. Uh, good taste well sometimes well whatever you have your own taste yep what is uh something we should listen to Ooh, excellent um well i've got a few different recommendations um i would like to recommend uh locally Mm -hmm. jv the first lady Mm -hmm. uh she is an indigenous hip-hop artist from east van um she's got a new record called meant to be uh, and particularly, um, the two, tr- there, I mean, listen to the whole record. It's great. But, and particularly because, um, she and I talked about the record for CBC and, um, she was just telling me how, uh, and I've, I've interviewed her several times over the, like the last several years. So it's been really nice to sort of like see how her music has progressed and like, she's always been such a strong leader and sort of see her really, like, this side of her on this record is so fascinating. Um, and it's the first record where she's really uh, uh, sort of, like, allowed herself to display um, her sexuality and her sensuality mm. and, like, talk about sex and talk about love and all of these different things. And she is in a new relationship, so that's, like, part I of it. I see. You know, she's all, yeah, she's in, like, the, right. like the, the love like, phase. The love phase, <laughs> um, which is exciting, though. Yeah. And I love to see people, like, in that moment. Um but she said that it was really important to her, particularly because she does so much um, activist work and protest work and around missing and murdered Indigenous women. And um, she was talking to, I think it was um, Kim Mortal um, and Missy D. Um, I'm hoping that I got both those names right. Um, and she, they were they were talking about what it is to be like um, writing songs from the perspective of. Um, indigenous womanhood, uh, women of color, black women, and how so many of those narratives come out of um, pain and trauma. And to like, they really want to show a totally different element. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she said she wanted to show like coming, coming into the house through a different door is how she phrased it. And I just like love that idea. So there's like this real sort of like sense of vibrancy and sexuality and like kind of, um, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, naughty business, sex jam, summer, <laughs> summer sex jam summer business. Summer sex jam. Summer sex jam business. Uh, I like it. I, I like it. all of it. Um, and also the two of the tracks that I think that they're not the sex jam ones, but they're so great and they're really um, just so important, uh, I think, politically 
and historically um, out of the gate and we still hear okay um, those are the two tracks that I think are so great more sex jams if you don't mind yeah bring P- it Pierre Quenders okay. uh, an artist out of Montreal um, he's a uh, Congolese Canadian and um, and he has like he uses a lot of like um, I don't know his his sound is so cool and like you just listen to it and you're just like I am the coolest person now as a contact high <laughs> from like listening to the music, you know, like, um, cause he's using like, um, like just sort of the, like the, all of these different like pan African instruments and, um, Congolese rumba and electronic and like brass that sounds incredible. and uh, a little like sax solos are happening, like mixed in <laughs> all this stuff. I love and it. It was, um, produced by, um, uh one half of shabazz palaces oh um, that makes sense yes so good. good so good and uh so the record is called the short name is makanda or uh makanda i'm i can't i don't know how to pronounce it properly um it's got a much longer title but just yeah pierre quenders um it's out september 8th and it's so good okay sweet yeah thank you well yeah. maybe we'll play something to accompany this yeah yeah mm. J- jb maybe would like Sounds like a probability. <laughs> she, she, might, she might be willing to like let something play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Pierre maybe also. Who knows? Who knows? It's so awesome. hard to say. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me just talk randomly and nonstop. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at like the audio file. I love it. And I'm just like, oh my God. I that, just... It's an interview with you. So <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> We're all good. It's all good. Well, thank you. Thanks. So how could I not play JB the First Lady after Andrea's suggestion? Uh, She was not lying that there are a lot of sex jams on this album. (laughs) And actually, I was looking for uh, local music for a project at work, and I did a real deep dive, um, like all over the place for music in Vancouver. And uh, I got to say, we do love a sex jam. There are an awful lot of them out there. Uh, Anyway, um, this is a really great track from JB the First Lady's newest album, Meant To Be, and this is the track titled Meant To Be. I'm telling a story, so open your ears. Truth be told, the message is clear. They wanted us to disappear. Fastest growing rate, I debate, motivate, navigate, work at triple time to restore. Revitalize is on my mind. The young and the old writing to memorize the treasures of the past, present, future. Who would have thought you would learn this from computers? We're back from the future, circuit three-dimensionally. Justice has to come eventually. Yeah, you feel me? What goes down must come up. This is what I teach my little wolf pup. It's all about the love. So do what up and do what you love. Be consistent, be persistent, be connected, never distance. Relax, everyone has a gift to uplift the shift. Baba weave and swift. Crossover and shoot, get the three. You awoke and you can see what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you what, what, what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you what, what, what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you what, what, what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you meant to be, what you what, what, what you meant to be. 